Eminem bullied MGK so hard he had to switch genres. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. It's not funny. It wasn't funny the first time I heard it, and it wasn't funny the millionth time I heard it. Yo, 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 what is up, all you very good looking and smart people? Thank you so much for tuning into the Jesse Lee Show with. Jesse Lee, that's me. What's going on? Welcome to everyone joining in on the TikTok stream and everyone joining in on the Twitch stream. Hello, hello. And if you're listening to this over on uh, the replay on Spotify, if you're hearing this in you know past times, then welcome. Thanks for chilling with me. What's going on? Never tell. How's everyone feeling today? I started my day off at 5 a.m. this morning uh, to poop. I started with poop. My son woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Whoops. With a poopy diaper. He pooped himself awake. Who hasn't been there? Who hasn't pooped themselves awake before, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I was planning on waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning anyway. But I was planning on waking up to uh, work out, not to clean up poop. So, I did. I cleaned up the poop. And, uh, and then I worked out. So, I got that taken care of. I think I just said poop the most amount of times I've ever said it in one stream. And it's only been... Uh, about 45 seconds so that's good uh a quick update on what's uh going on weather wise in my area last time i was talking to you guys last week i was telling you about how uh, we were getting a crazy uh avalanche like you know arctic tundra type winter coming on and uh i'm sad to say i have to report some unfortunate news my snowblower did not make it my snowblower died guys my snowblower's gone <laughs> I bought the thing last year, and it's gone already, man. I can't believe it. I got through, like, I don't know, 10, 10 plows with it, and it's just it's gone. So I got to get a new snowblower now. That's where I'm at with that. Unfortunately, it's uh, oh, oh, it's, it's going to be a – if I don't get one soon, I'm going to be breaking my back shoveling out there because I'm pretty sure there's another big snow coming. So, yeah, my heart goes out to anyone who doesn't own a snowblower because I had to shovel a little bit with that one for one day and that that sucked ass man that sucked ass um make sure to give me a follow on tiktok and instagram and twitch at jesse lee while you're not doing anything so that you can stay updated every time i go live and then also uh you know if you're listening to us on spotify make sure hit that follow button so you get updated each and every time there's a new episode posted uh let's see a few things i want to get into today Bring Me the Horizon and Ed Sheeran collabed last night. I think it was last night or the night before at the uh, Brit Awards. They're on UK time, so I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but we'll look at that. That is not too surprising of a collab, honestly. A lot of people are freaking out about it, but I don't know. It's it's weird, but it kind of makes sense to me. Um, we're going to talk about 16 things that metalheads need to get over. It's an article Loudwire posted. I haven't checked it out yet, but we're going to look it over and uh, see what they say. And uh, there's a band that released... There's a band that's trying to game the system, the Spotify system right now with royalties. They're trying to um, basically re- release 1,032nd songs so that they can uh, <laughs> trick the royalty or trick the algorithm to pay them more royalties. So we're going to check out their music, see if it's worth it. Um, we've got new music from Red Hot Chili Peppers, new stuff from, uh, who else? Oh yeah, Nothing Nowhere dropped a new track. Love Nothing Nowhere, so we're going to listen, watch their new video, his new video. And uh, MGK, you know, dropped Emo Girl last week with Willow. And today at 1 p.m. Eastern, they're going to be throwing up a music video for the track. So I want to, uh, I'm hoping to time this up all well enough that I can actually uh be live when the music video goes live so we can react to it in real time we'll see it's gonna be up on 1 p.m eastern it's 12 o'clock eastern now so i mean i plan on talking for about an hour anyway so then maybe at the very end we can throw up the mgk video right um so one quick thing i did want to talk about was uh i recently posted this um sorry i recently posted this countdown of a top 10 songs that are most distracting when you drive uh and it's basically i'll bring up the article here right here again if you're on if you're listening watching this over here on tiktok and you want to see what i'm doing you can go over to my twitch stream where i'm actually i have the screen up for you 
Oops, where are we at here? Doo -doo. All right, so yeah, here's the article. It's by this company called Pass Me Fast. They're from the UK, and then he came up with the top five most distracting and least distracting songs of all time. Um, their algorithm is pretty interesting. Um, so it says, using Spotify's data, we analyzed the 20 most popular driving playlists, combining 4,185 songs, and then scored them against three different categories. And the categories were energy score, danceability score, and balance score. That's how emotionally charged they are. It seems kind of random, but I—I I mean, I think they—I don't know how—I don't know how accurate this algorithm is, or if they were really sticking to this, or if they just kind of like are using this as a uh, facade. But uh, the songs with a high distraction score have high energy and are emotionally charged, but with low danceability. Uh, the last factor means it has an irregular beat or tempo, and this is how we got our score. So I guess if you—if it has a low danceability, it's more distracting because you. I guess because you're not bobbing with it. I'm not really sure. I feel like if you're bobbing with it, if you're dancing, you're going to be more distracted. But So um, I posted a list on my TikTok, like I said, and, and Instagram. Um, we'll go through the top five real quick. Uh, Can't Stop by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Take On Me by AHA. Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z. And I think Alicia Keys was on that one. Mr. Brightside by The Killers. And Hey Ya by Outkast. So uh, saw all this, right? What I, well, the reason why I want to bring it up is after I posted that TikTok and after I posted that Instagram and everything, I had so many comments. I was flooded with comments of people saying, where's Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus? Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus needs to be on this list. I got, I can't even tell you how many comments I got that said that Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus was the most distracting song of all time. And I just did not see that coming. Like that was just a surprising that was just a surprising uh, addition, I guess. Like, and it wasn't like just a couple of people said it. Like, I'm literally like not exaggerating. Probably a hundred, at least a hundred comments that I counted said that, that suggested that that song. So yeah, apparently a lot of people still really love "Party in the USA" by Miley Cyrus, and that's the one that really gets them distracted. I, maybe it's because of the line, you know, "Get your hands up," you know, maybe that part, and they're, like they're driving and they throw their hands up. Ah! Maybe, maybe that's why. I don't know. Uh, what's going on, Katie? How you doing? I see you lurking over there on the stream. I love calling people out on the stream when they're just trying to watch quietly and not participate. Uh, what's going on, Jack? Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, if, again, if you're listening to this on the replay on Spotify, make sure to check this out on Wednesdays live on TikTok and Twitch. And if you're watching on TikTok, you can go over to Twitch where you can actually see my screen and everything. But if you're comfortable staying over here on uh, TikTok, that's cool too. I don't want to discourage anyone from leaving. Uh, yeah, so the Ed Sheeran Bring Me the Horizon situation here. That's not a situation. I don't, <laughs> don't want to act like there's like a any kind of like problem or anything. But <laughs> um, yeah, let's bring up the link here. Ed Sheeran and Bring Me the Horizon team up to open the Brit Awards 2022. Sharon's hit single, Bad Habits, got an unlikely new makeover. Ooh. Ed Sheeran and Bring Me the Horizon open for the Brit Awards. And uh, the track is the first single from Ed Sheeran's 2021 album and tops the UK charge for, ele for 11 consecutive weeks. So this pair-up isn't really that surprising to me, to be honest, because Bring Me the Horizon, yeah, is a rock and sometimes metal band. But, I mean, they are... They are pretty poppy. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way, because I know everyone wants to give them shit and call Bring Me the Horizon a pop band. They're definitely not a pop band. They're not like Maroon 5 or anything like that. But they're pretty they're pretty poppy, especially uh, you know, some of their uh stuff that came off of that record, um, with all the collabs and then the last song Die for You they put out. Bring Me the Horizon is definitely a poppy band, so it makes sense that they collab with Ed Sheeran, to be honest. I mean they they are huge in the UK for sure, and this was a you know a UK award show. So yeah, it all makes sense. Um, see, taking to the stage to kick off this year's fest. I feel like this article just keeps rehashing the, the same information over and over. Uh, it was amped up. It was it, okay. So they delivered an amped up version of the hit, complete with array of dancers, some of who hung from wires and spun around above the stage. Ollie Sykes put his own spin on the song with his adopted verses, delivered with his trademark growl. Ooh, a trademark growl. All right, so let's go ahead and grab the video link here and check this out. Uh, 
Boom. I'm great sure protection at yeah, great low rates ad, you want. Course. Yep. Click for it. a great auto rate today. Writing's not that Oh my easy. god, so many ads. I just need to pay for YouTube music so I don't have to deal with that deal with ads anymore. <laughs> Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. So is this Bring Me the Horizons band behind Ed Sheeran then? The like Ed Sheeran doesn't have his own backing band here, right? This is all Bring Me the Horizon. I'm guessing. So Ollie Sykes, if you're not if you're not watching, if you're just listening, Ollie Sykes is just kind of sitting there in the back. <laughs> sitting on the stairs, chilling. Oh, and here comes Ollie. Steps up. Yeah, so already it's a pretty rocked up version of the song. And here come the dancers. Every pure intention ends when the good times start. Got a guy rolling around in a shopping cart. Oh my god, what's he doing with his arms? Oh! What the fuck? Jesus! How did he do that with his arm? That guy's gotta be like quadruple jointed or something. Ah, oh, I forgot! I forgot Ollie Sykes still has vampire fangs. That's so fucking weird. With this like red suit, he definitely looks like a uh... He's definitely really amping up the vampire look here. I mean, it's always like just walk around being a vampire 24-7 now. Is that his thing? Like, I thought like the, the vampire fangs things were just like a, a temporary, I don't know, gag or something. But I don't know. He's still wearing the fangs. And then he's uh he's, he's got this pretty uh interview with... Do you guys remember that movie, Interview with the Vampire? Um, fuck, who was in that movie? Was that uh was that Brad Pitt? Interview with a vampire. Yeah, that was Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. Oh man, Christian Bale. That's a fucking all-star cast, dude. Antonio Ben. Shit, dude. I forgot how much interview with a vampire slaps. Oh my god. Kirsten Dunst is in that movie. Christian Slater. What a fucking cat. Anyway, what I was getting at um was uh yeah, he he looks like he kinda he's dressed like the goo from uh Interview with a Vampire a little bit. I mean, Interview with a Vampire is obviously a little more old-timey. Because, uh, I mean, it's set in, you know, vampire times, I guess. But <laughs> colonial times, maybe. I don't know when this movie is supposed to be shot at. But, I don't know. It kind of looks a little bit like uh, what Ollie Sykes is going for, I think, there. His voice sounds great on this, though. Damn, that is impressive, flying around like that. There's that guy with the crazy arms again. I want to look up that guy on Instagram. I want to know how he's doing this with his arms. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Nice. This is basically a giant circus. This is cool. I think Ollie's screaming is coming up at this point. Everyone says that the end is a, the scream is when it comes in. Or the end is the best part when the scream comes in. Burn, burn, 
Man, this feels really long for a pop song. Oh, there we go. There's the death growl. Is that it? Was that all the screaming? There it is. See now, <laughs> at that part, it just sounded like a uh, uh, Fame on Fire song or something at the end. So yeah, there you have it. There's uh, Bring Me the Horizon and Ed Sheeran collaborating on uh, a tr their tr on Ed Sheeran's track Bad Habits at the Brit Awards. It's pretty cool. I don't really know much about the Brit Awards. Uh, I don't really. I've never even actually heard of the Brit Awards until yesterday. So I guess that's a pretty big award show in the UK. I'm guessing. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, where were we at on that? All right, so Loudwire posted this article the other day. Actually, I guess it was a couple weeks now. Um, it was 16 things metalheads need to get over. And I saw the headline. I didn't even like. I didn't even uh, look at it because I'm like, no, I want to look at this live. Because I have a feeling this is going to be hilarious. Get rid of that interview with the vampire. Okay. Where are we at? 16 things metalheads really need to get over. This is by my buddy over at LaWire, actually, Joe DeVita. Uh, he writes really great stuff over there. So I definitely suggest giving LaWire and Joe DeVita a follow if you like this content. Says, if there's one, metal, one thing metal fans love more than nasty riffs, it's bickering. About what? Anything, really, from how big Machine Gun Kelly is to the laundry list of things pertaining to Metallica, there's a lot that metalheads just need to get over already. More than 30 years after release of Justice for All, it seems as if the subject of the absence on the, of the base on the 1988 record is a monthly talking point. The be-all and end-all answer fans have been searching for will simply never come. Perhaps it already has and nobody is willing to accept it. But the reality is many people involved in the process have a different story to tell. Can we please, please just give it a rest? Yes, it sucks. No, there's nothing anyone can do about it. Other than the remix, the album yourselves. Uh, wait, are we just jumping into it? Okay. Sorry, that article was, it confused me there a little bit in the beginning because he kind of just jumped into it. Um, yeah, so he's just kind of brushing over all the things that metalheads bitch about, basically. So, all right. Number one on the list. Bands aren't as big as they were in the 80s. Wherever, whenever a heavy metal music artist truly breaks through the mainstream today, the rock and metal community treats it like hearsay. Like They call them posers, sellouts, they scream. Enraged how so many people can ha have a shared interest in one thing. Um, yet at the same time, they lament when bands aren't as big as they were in the 80s. Or So yeah, uh, so basically you're saying, the article's saying that the uh, the bands that aren't as big as they were in the 80s because they didn't evolve, they didn't change the sound. And anytime a band does change the sound and switch things up, people give them shit and say they, they're posers and they're sellouts. Uh, that's one thing metalheads need to get over. Number two, MGK is huge. Deal with it. Ever since turning from rock, ever since turning from rap to pop punk, MGK has been the most polarizing musician in heavy music, and a lot of music fans are keenly up to speed on his every move, whether they've sought the information on their own or if it's simply dominated their social media feeds. Sorry about that. That's probably partly my fault for dominating your feed. Um, yeah, so we got to get over. Metalheads need to get over MGK being big. Yeah, I mean, dude, a lot of people hated MGK before he was rock, though. That's the thing. Like, everyone, like shits on him now because he he changed genres and i swear to god if i get one more comment from somebody that says oh eminem bullied him so hard he had to switch genres <laughs> dude fucking retire that joke man it's so old i get it if you hate mgk that's fine i'm not even defending mgk here all i'm saying is can we stop with that damn joke over and over again. 
Eminem bullied MGK so hard he had to switch genres. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. It's not funny. It wasn't funny the first time I heard it, and it wasn't funny the millionth time I heard it. It's not a funny joke. Just stop saying it. Oh my god. I know I just went off on a tangent there, but Jesus Christ, it's just not it's ah I'm knocking over my computer. I'm so pissed off. It's got me so riled up. Obviously this annoys me more than anyone else because or not anyone else but more than most because i uh get it in my comment sections <laughs> like non-stop every time i post about mgk again not even that's not i'm not even defending mgk with this one i'm just saying we retire that stupid fucking joke if you said that joke if you said that joke make that the last time you said that joke because <laughs> it's not funny man i'm sorry all right where are we at uh another thing metalheads need to get over bands who change their sound uh this one is really a tightrope for both fans and bands change and evolution are necessary for almost every band not named motorhead and it's perfectly natural as your age your tastes change and hopefully you continue to learn more about your instrument and songwriting in general all right, so yeah, uh, celebrate change, celebrate artistry, celebrate mistakes even. Sometimes going too far in one direction is a, what a band needs to properly reset for the next time around. So yeah, people, so this, I don't think this is limited to metalheads. I know what they're getting at with this article. Like metalheads are, you know, metalheads are uh, more annoying with this kind of shit than, you know, maybe pop fans because, I mean, pop fans aren't as invested, I feel like, in uh a, a, a sound changing but yeah when whenever a band switches even a little bit people lose their fucking minds man they cannot handle when their favorite band gets a little poppier you know but then i don't know do you think bring me the horizon would be playing with ed sheeran at the brit awards if they were still a deathcore band i mean probably not i mean would you and your 15 friends still love bring me the horizon and would you guys love them more if he, they never got popular sure but that's not what it's all about. And also, who knows if that even made the band happy? Maybe making Deathcore didn't make them happy. Maybe after a couple albums, they're like, you know what? We, we want to try something else. You know, it's not always about selling out. Sometimes somebody wants to make different music because they want to make different music, you know? Another thing, bands who don't change their sound. Okay, so the opposite side of this rant is where... Bands that stick to one sound for far too long, and they never switch things up, and fans complain about that. So, yeah, I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's really, really hard to be in a band or be an artist these days. I mean, there's a lot of musicians uh, watching right now that I know are you know, listening or watching, and they can agree that it's just, it's impossible to please your fans every step of the way. It's impossible to put out something that every single person is going to universally love. And you try and try to, you know continue to write music that makes you happy but also music that you know is going to be sell like marketable because like obviously unless you're just making it for fun you want the music to sell you want it to do well so it's like it's a line you gotta draw and yeah i mean it's it's a bummer that uh, a lot of fans don't you know give any artists any leeway it's either they change too much and they write them off or they haven't changed enough and uh you know fuck them they're boring <laughs> uh rejecting new subgenres that is definitely one that i used to be very guilty of um i will say like when i heard a, like when i used to hear about new genres i'd be like shut the fuck up like there doesn't need to be a name for everything but like people really do enjoy categorizing things like it's just our brains are our brains are built that way to categorize things you know it's not it's not like we're creating these genres just because like I don't know. It's not like it's not to intentionally piss people off or something. It, it helps our brains understand what's going on. It's the same way that MGK. I fucking I don't know. I, I hate that we're going back to that again. But MGK, Nothing Nowhere, Mod Sun, all those bands who I started calling new punk uh, on like my, my social media. I made a playlist called the New Punk and You Punk, like new metal. So I started calling it that because I felt like what these bands were doing wasn't necessarily traditional pop punk. It wasn't like Blink-182, Green Day style pop punk, and definitely wasn't The Story So Far, Neck Deep style pop punk. It was more of a new hip-hop influence version of pop punk. So, you know, that's why I kind of, I started calling it new punk. And that's just an example of like, 
yeah, you could have got away with calling that stuff just straight up pop punk, and no one would buy. Probably no one would have like bad an eye, and they would have all understood what you were saying. And a lot of you know outlets still do call it pop punk, but I I started calling it new punk because I thought it needed to have its own individual category. And like I said, people's brains associate with that. Like now, you know, if people do know. People who do follow me are aware of new punk now. If they are following that, whenever they hear new punk, they they know what they're getting. They know they're not getting straight up um, melancholic kind of pop punk. They know they're getting more of the mod sun kind of pop punk. So, yeah, get over the genres. <laughs> uh, next on Loudwire's list, bet you can't name three songs. Uh, the T-shirt argument. Yeah, stop fucking ragging on people for wearing T-shirts. Let them wear whatever they want. You know, if they wear a t-shirt and it's from a band that you love and you strike up a conversation with them, they don't actually know the band, that's fine. Move on. But don't, like, don't attack people. Uh, for, don't just attack people and, and ask them to name songs. It's like if I was wearing a t-shirt from a movie, you wouldn't come up to me and ask me to name three lines from that movie or anything like that. Or if I'm wearing, like, a even, like, a stupider version, if I'm wearing, like, a uh, Ralph I made this uh, comparison before. If I'm wearing a Ralph Lauren shirt... You're not going to come up to me and like ask and quiz me on Ralph Lauren's history. I mean, obviously he's a clothing brand, so that's a little different. But you get to what I'm saying here, right? You get what I'm saying. Get over it. It's it's a T-shirt. Let people wear what makes them happy. <laughs> Chanting one more song for an encore. Uh, so head from Corn apparently says encores are cheesy, and at one point they mattered, and now they don't anymore. So. Uh, yeah, they said, don't say Encore, just scream the band's name, and they'll come out and play more music. I don't know. I don't really, like, I didn't think that was a big one. I feel like uh, chanting Encore is whatever, if that makes you happy at the show. Again, again, don't don't tell people what to do. Don't tell, don't tell people how to enjoy your show, <laughs> I guess. I don't I guess I get it. Like, yeah, it's it's it can be annoying um, if you know they're going to do an Encore anyway, and they're still shouting Encore. But I, don't know, I feel like that's just a way to, way to like, get, get people ha- amped up. I don't know. That one doesn't bother me that much. Uh, hating bands who sound like classic bands. So we got a picture of Greta Van Fleet here. So I'm guessing they're talking about bands like that that sound exactly like the bands that they, uh, they're they trying to emulate. Uh, yeah, so Greta Van Fleet obviously sounds like Led Zeppelin, and uh, people hate that. I'm not really a big Greta Van Fleet fan, but I'm also not a huge Led Zeppelin fan either. Like, they're okay, I guess. You know, like, I... I liked Led Zeppelin when I was a kid, and I like him well enough now. You know, I, I'm not going to turn Led Zeppelin off, but I'm not really seeking out Led Zeppelin. Uh, I would say the same thing for Greta Van Fleet, though. Like, I don't, I don't really hate Greta Van Fleet. Um, I just don't think they're like my cup of tea. Like, I don't really. Do they have one song? Uh, fuck, I should bring up the video right now. Um, eh, fuck it. I don't really want to listen to Greta Van Fleet right now. They do have a couple cool songs, though, that aren't super, super straight rip-offs of Led Zeppelin. And I don't even want to call them rip-offs, but... Um, yeah, you know what's funny? is I did read an article that said that this band, Greta Van Fleet, they wrote music intentionally this way just to trick the Spotify algorithm so that if you're listening to Led Zeppelin, that they automatically come up. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe they just really love Led Zeppelin. I don't think they wrote it spe- all this music specifically for uh, Spotify, but... Um, thinking you only need sick riffs to make a great song. Yeah, that's definitely a metal head thing. Um, and any, really any genre where like the instruments are like the main focal point. Um, yeah, thinking that you don't need a, a good hook or, or, I mean, is a lot of bands send me songs to check out and the music's great, but there's just, there's no hook. There's nothing there. There's no meat, you know? And unfortunately, like, you know, yeah, you got great riffs and like the, the, it's hard hitting and shit, but like, unless it has something to like draw me in and want me to listen again and differentiate you from all the other metalcore bands out there, like, I'm sorry, I'm probably not gonna listen to it again after that one time, you know? Like, yeah, you need a, you need more than just a riff to make a great song. Uh, thinking that not wearing earplugs makes you tough. Yeah, uh, definitely wear earplugs if you're if you're listening to this no i mean <laughs> don't don't wear don't wear earplugs if you're listening to this but if you're listening to this out there uh definitely take that information when you're at shows and uh, uh if you're in loud events in general like put put on earplugs man like i definitely didn't wear earplugs as a teenager but i i for sure wore them anytime i was in band practice and uh at big shows and stuff because 
Like you only have one set of ears, man. I, I know technology is crazy and they can probably like just build you new robot ears if you lose these ones, but I don't know, that sounds expensive. And then do you really want robot ears? You know, I don't, I don't, I want to keep my normal ears. Um, just everything about Metallica. Metal has need to get over Metallica firing Dave Mustaine. Yeah, Dave Mustaine was an asshole, right? Like that was that's like that's the uh, that was the agreed upon result of that whole thing. Was that Dave Mustaine was a, kind of an, an alcoholic and drug addict, and he needed to be kicked out. He was holding down the band, right? Is that true? I mean, that's 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 a story I've always uh, that's how, how I've always known it. So I mean, yeah. Uh, and Justice for All with Jason Newstead. Uh, the missing bass. Uh, oh, that's what they were talking about earlier up there. Yeah, there's no bass on that. Uh, Jethro Tall beating out Metallica for a Grammy over 30. Yeah, I'm sure people, some people remember this. In 1989, uh, there was a Grammy for best, what was it, best hard, yeah, it was best hard rock and metal performance. And Metallica was nominated, but also so was Jethro Tall. The flute guy. You guys know who Jethro Tull is? He plays the flute. Uh, and he won. And, uh, yeah, people still are fucking pissed about that. Um, the fact that the Black Album exists. Yeah, a lot of people still hate the Black Album from Metallica. Which, uh, that's a fucking fantastic album. It's a great album. I love the Black Album. Um, the snare sound. Okay. I don't know if I can get over the snare sound on Saint Anger. That that one I might not be able to get over. That is just terrible. That's a dog shit choice for a snare sound. Um, like even as a kid, not really knowing much about like, uh, not really knowing much about the intricacies of recording and uh, you know what makes great tone. Even I heard that I was like, what the fuck? Uh, complaining about Lars Ulrich's drumming. Yeah, I guess he's a. I don't know. I think he's an okay drummer. Yeah. <laughs> Um. All right, so there you go. That's the list. We got the. T- those are the things that metalheads need to get over. Oh, what's going over? Or, what's going on over here on TikTok? What's up, guys? Uh, yeah. As far as song submissions on Spotify, I have a link in my bio that you guys can send me songs to. But uh, I'm actually going to be redoing that submission form very soon. So. Feel free if you want to send me songs to check out. Go ahead and submit at the link in my bio. But I'm going to re- re- be redoing that whole thing very soon. Um, I'm trying to come up with a better submission portal for everyone because I'm not going to lie. I get uh, man. I looked. I looked the other day. I think I'm averaging over a thousand playlist submissions a month from bands and artists. Which that's not me trying to sound cool. Like oh, I'm fucking badass. And like it's just that's the reality, and it's it's tough. It's super super tough to keep keep up on, um, so I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with a better system here to accept submissions because I want to keep checking out new music. I want to keep listening to the stuff you guys send me, but I I can't listen to a thousand songs every month on top of the thousand songs I'm already listening to every month. Um, oh fuck me, dude! I forgot to charge my computer. I've got 19 percent battery, and all my ports are taken up. I think. Let's see here. Can I, uh, is this gonna reach? I don't know if this is gonna reach, hold on. Brief, brief pause for the cause here. Cause if my battery, if my laptop dies here, that's gonna be the end of this episode. And that's super unfortunate. <laughs> Let's see here. Is this gonna fit? Fuck, I hope this works, hold on. All right. Okay. Eh, eh. Hey, all right. Is this working? No, battery's not charged. Fuck you. Oh, man. This is super unfortunate news here. It says it's plugged in, but it does not. I mean, it, it is clearly plugged in, but it does not look like it's charging. Well, I don't know. We'll see here. Sorry, I know this is super entertaining for everyone watching right now, but uh, uh, I gotta make sure that the laptop doesn't die or else the episode's gonna be... I can't believe I fucking... I didn't fucking plug in the computer before I started the stream. Like, what an amateur-ass move. I should be ridiculed mercilessly for this. Alright, well, let's just move on um, and let's hope that the... Let's hope the stream doesn't go off on you guys. 
Uh, let's see here. Where were we at? What were we talking about? Oh, the next thing on the list. So it's no secret that Spotify's payout system sucks ass for bands and artists. I think they get like, what is it, like point point zero 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 three percent or something like that. Point zero 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 two, something like that. I mean, everyone's payout sucks, though. Everyone's payout across all you know streaming services sucks. So, I mean, it's not just Spotify. Like, streaming just doesn't pay as much as physical sales. I mean, it's no surprise because streaming doesn't produce as much money as physical sales. You know, but it's obviously it's it it kind of you know flows downhill, unfortunately. So. Uh, in the wake of artists expressing their opinions over their controversial Joe Rogan Experience podcast came a second conversation. Spotify's pay rates are terrible. Um, in protests, oh, so yeah, a lot of bands are removing their music just because of that. All that remains, vocalist Phil Labonte recently said it's insane to glibly act as 0.0007 cents for every spin is fear, fair. Uh, now, the English band... The Pocket Gods is jumping into the fray with a 1,000-song album consisting of songs that are all 30 seconds long, and it's called 1,000 times 30, Nobody Makes Money Anymore. Uh, so the idea was inspired by an independent article on music, prof- on music professor Mike Errico, who questioned if a three-minute song is even viable anymore given that Spotify pays an artist after 30 seconds and asked, are you in fact screwing yourself Six times over for writing a three-minute song instead of just a 30-second song. So, yeah, what they're basically saying is if you just write a 30-second song and someone listens to that, you get paid the same amount as if you release a full three-and-a-half-minute song or a five-minute song. So this band, it looks like, uh, well, oh, I'll just keep reading the article. It said, it made me think, why write longer songs when we get paid little enough for 30 seconds? We wrote and recorded 1,000 songs, each a shade over 30 seconds long for the album. The longest song is 36 seconds. Uh, it is designed to raise awareness about the campaign and for fair royalty rates. And they have two songs out so far. Zero point, <laughs> point, Jesus Christ, 0.002 and nobody makes any money anymore. Uh, yeah, so let's check them out real quick. They're only 30 seconds long, so it shouldn't take too long. <laughs> Not a lot that you can't do with not but not not to This is pretty cool because on this player right here, if I if I open up my Spotify, I can listen to the full thing, obviously. But on this player, it only gives me thirty second previews of each song, and that's all I need because that's the whole song. You just look so blue. three thousand streams just for a pint. Oh, making music, what's the point? So, yeah. so it's not good uh <laughs> but i don't think it's supposed to be i don't think that's the point obviously um it's like i don't know kind of like some garage rock i guess kind of reminds me of like uh tom petty but not as good mm. This one reminds me of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, that song they sing, uh, the Love Bomb song. Yeah, okay. So that that's their, those two songs they have out now. Um yeah, that's uh yeah, so Oh, okay, let's finish up the article here. Whether or not Spotify lets the album continue to exist on its platform is another story, but it does fall directly in line with Erica's feelings that it should be an interesting experiment. This is at least some echoes of a similar stunt by pulled by Wolf Peck in 2014 where the band released an album of silence on Spotify and made $20,000 in royalties. Yeah, this band back in 2014, they released um, a whole silent album, just every tracks of like nothingness. And I don't know how they got the streams though. Is a weird part. They got enough streams where they made twenty thousand dollars. I'm not sure. Let's see the band. Oh, so the band just asked fans to stream their five minute album of silence to generate money for a tour. 
Yeah, they. I think they had to end up paying it back, though. Yeah, so obviously this band, um, the Pocket Gods, they were releasing the 30-second songs. This isn't anything new, clearly. Like, a lot of bands have been doing, or another band has done this before. I think it's going to be a cascade effect, unfortunately. I think a lot of bands are going to start just throwing up a bunch of... Uh, bunch of nonsense to try to trick the algorithm i get it you're pissed you want to make money um and uh you're trying to like prove a point i guess but that's just funny i don't know how that's gonna really play out for everyone okay so let's go ahead and check out some new music how about that let's see are we fans here in the chat of red hot chili peppers red hot chili peppers anyone california Doing drugs in California. That's Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Uh, yeah, they're back. They got a new song. As much as I tease them, I do enjoy Red Hot Chili Peppers music. My wife loves Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I just, I don't know. It all, it all kind of sounds like boom, boom, bam to me. Yeah, but they're good. They, the, the, a couple of songs that I do like are very good. Um. According to Consequences Sound, from the first warm tones of guitar, two things are clear. Red Hot Chili Peppers are back, and John Frusciante has rejoined the legendary rockers. Black Summer marks Chili Peppers' first single since 2016's Lackluster. The Gateway and with uh, Frusciante... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fuck me. 2016's Lackluster, The Gateway. And with Frusciante back, they sound renewed and refreshed. His signature guitar sound is heavily highlighted on Black Summer, linking perfectly with Flea's energetic bass work and stepping out for multiple solos. And not only that, Frusciante's anthemic backup vocals have returned, amplifying the song's chorus to create a widescreen, stadium-worthy effect. Yeah, John Frusciante really does have some of the best backup vocals in the business. Like, his falsettos are always so, so fucking on point. So yeah, here's Black Summer by... Uh... Ooh, let me copy this link right here. Black Summer by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I gotta bring it up. Hold on. Let me switch screens. Come on, make sure I get it there. At Aspen Dental, we're a different kind and of dentistry. Cool when new patients get a complete exam. Here. The skies refuse to cry Cremation takes its piece of yours What's this like horse main mullet situation that Anthony Keyes is rocking? Like he's almost got like a Frank Zappa look, look going with him. Fly. The night is dressed like noon A sailor spoke too soon and China's on the dark side of the moon. Dark side. What is he doing with his voice here? Why is he singing like that? Like, what is that? What is that? What is that? What's he trying to impersonate there? Hit me now. John Frusciante. Motherfucking John Frusciante is back. Yeah, Will Ferrell on drums. The secret life of Ruth, a personality. <laughs> I like this dance move good. Lee. They all look pretty good for being like, how fucking old is are, uh, the Chili Peppers? They gotta be like in their 60s or something, right? Maybe not that old, but they're pretty old, right? They look great. Damn! Anthony Kiyos still has a six-pack? Hold on. Hold on. Where's my where's my tab? How old is Anthony Kiedis? 59 years old. I was close, man. I was close. He's almost six he's almost in his sixties. Uh somebody said, I wonder if the new song is called is about California. Yeah, I think they uh yeah, I think they are about all about California. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Um, all right, sorry, back to the song. So, yeah, this motherfucker is 
almost 60 years old. He still he has better abs than I do. Cause I don't have any abs. That chorus is good. That hook is really good. I really like his guitar on this one. That fuzz pedal he's using. That was really good. That chorus is, or that, uh, that lick is really cool. I hope they just go back in the chorus here. I hope they don't go back to that weird verse. Ah, going back to this weird fucking verse again. Look at him. He's so jacked. Jesus Christ. Good for you. I need, all right. I need to know what Anthony Kiedis's workout regimen and diet. Like I need to be on that Anthony, Anthony Kiedis life. That's I need to get on that, that hot Anthony Kiedis shit. If somebody can find a men's health article, about the regiment for Anthony Kiedis. Please, please forward that over to me. I need to know what this dude's doing. Riding on a Hitler's horse to make the trip. I really like that horse. That's a really cool chorus, man. Love it. Yeah, it's way less. It's way less California drug heavy than I expected. like to hear them just do the chorus again at the end instead of that drawn out version because you only get the chorus twice in that but sounds good i didn't really hear um as much john Shante uh backing vocals as i had hoped with that one um are you investing time in ah, games fuck. why don't fuck you-, you ads all right uh what do you guys think uh what do you guys, what do you guys think of the, the chorus sells the song the rest is pretty insignificant and not memorable yeah I agree with that. Like, so well, okay. Well, I will say I feel like the the verse is memorable because it's so weird, but not like it's not memorable in a good way. It's not like I'm like I want to hear that verse again because it sounds so cool. It's like I would show some that word that verse and be like, "What the fuck is John Frusciante?" Or "What the fuck is Anthony Kiedis?" I'd be like, "Hey, check out this ripped six year old make these weird fucking noises in the verse for about thirty seconds." But then when the chorus hits, yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, what the fuck do I know? They're a multi-platinum selling band. They know they know how to write music. I mean, this song is number 16 trending on YouTube, so it's obviously doing pretty well for them. But uh, like I said, the chorus is great. I really like the chorus a lot. I love the guitar line um, leading up to the, uh, the second chorus. Um, I really dug... Uh, oh, fuck. I don't want to listen more to Red Chili Peppers. Sorry. Um... The video was okay. Uh, the video was, I guess they're just like in a desert chilling. Like that's kind of like he's like doing like tai chi or something. Is he doing martial. Is that how he stays so ripped? Is that what he does? Is he does he do tai chi or something? Hold on, we gotta figure out how Anthony Kiedis is so ripped. Anthony Kiedis workout. What's this motherfucker do? Uh, so back in 2015, it says he combined surfing with swimming and chlorine-free pools, long jogs with his dog in the Hollywood Hills, drinking lots of water in the morning, acupuncture, dinner before six, and mostly ve- oh, so he's rich. That's what it is. So he's rich. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I too often combine surfing with swimming. 
uh, in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, good for him though. That was what he was doing in uh, 2015. I don't know what he's still doing. Uh. uh according to Happy, let's see what Happy TV says. All right, this is a uh, this is six people who keep theirs. Uh, Andy Keith says, "While the most outrageous frontman to ever embrace funk hasn't always been pro- the primary mascot for health, the 57-year-old is now a beacon of hope for surviving rock gods. Anton the Swan is now fitter than ever and had is that his nickname, Anton the Swan? I've never heard anyone call Anthony Keith that before." Uh, he loves to find the way society conventionally sees men in their 50s and 60s. Discovering surfing at this age is definitely going to keep me alive to the day I die. So, yeah, I accept the challenge. So, yeah, he's still surfing, huh? Um, man, he just drinks a lot of water and eats salmon and mostly vegan and goes surfing a lot. Good for him, man. Good for Anthony fucking Kiedis. All right. Somebody said in the chat his vocals on the verses just feel too crisp. He's doing something with his he's doing something weird with his vocals though. Like like he's doing something intentionally like off putting. Like he's trying to sound like Bjork or something. I don't know what it is. I I can't put my finger on it. Somebody will somebody else can probably uh point to it for me. Jesus Christ, this song has I didn't even realize this. Wait a minute. This song has eleven million plays already? And it just dropped on the 4th? That's fucking nuts, dude. Good for him. Did anyone in the comments say anything about what this what this voice sounds like? Because the verse sounds so familiar. I just cannot put my finger on it. All right. Well, either way, there's a new Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, folks, we are coming up on game time here. It's 12.52. That means in about eight minutes, we're going to have the new Machine Gun Kelly song. I feel like we're counting down. <laughs> The songs are already out, but the video is going to be out in eight minutes. So, um, we got about eight. I just wanted to, I want to watch that one live here in the stream. I think that would be fun. I got my laptop plugged in now. I got the MacBook plugged in so that we don't have to worry about losing it. And then even if you're listening to this on the replay on Spotify, you're still going to be hearing it early. So, uh, yeah. Well, let's listen to one more song before that stream goes live, eh? Shall we? Um, let's see. Yeah. We got a new one from Nothing Nowhere. Big fan, nothing, nowhere, everything that he's doing. Uh, he's definitely got that whole new age, new punk, emo stuff on lockdown. Is this just a visualizer? Yeah. I remember breaking down in the backseat Trying to figure out last time I was happy That day's magazine photo flashing this uh right off the bat this sounds a lot like hammer this song hammer so like more of that emo rap style that he was doing back in like man what was it 2016 maybe 2017 when hammer dropped so uh, this song's called sledgehammer weird wait a minute (laughs) i need to do some research here hold on let me make sure that this isn't like just like a or like a remake of Hammer or something. That's, those are different words than Hammer, I believe. But it sounds a lot like the song Hammer. Let's see. Let's go to the trusty folks at Rock Sound. Let's see what they're, they're saying. Uh, Nothing Nowhere has released a new track. And it's a perfect slice of introspective and intense alt-rap brilliance. It's called Sledgehammer. It serves almost as an update or a sequel to 2018's Hammer. Taking some words from the chorus, but building on them and expanding both instrumentally and emotionally. It's dense, decadent, and further cements Joe as one of the best to do it in widening his own personal lane. That okay, yeah. So I wasn't, I was right. It definitely, it, so it's more of like a, it's a sequel to Hammer, but not, you know, it's not, it's not a remake so 
is he just like tired of doing the pop punk stuff now? Like, or is this just a one off? Fuck man, I love this song Hammer so much and this song like just it it just adds to it. Like it's not it's not like this song like I would still listen to Hammer and this one too. Like it's not it's similar enough that it reminds me of Hammer, but it's not so similar that like I don't want to listen to it. Like I don't know, this was a great this was a great little uh sequel here. track i wonder if he's, is he just doing the emo rap stuff now then or is he i hope he's not done making pop punk because i really do enjoy his rock stuff his heavier pop punk rock stuff i mean i guess he i mean like any any other artist he probably doesn't want to be pigeonholed into one genre right he doesn't want to make just one thing he wants to switch around do what he wants and I can definitely respect that. I'm not going to be like those assholes in that article and uh, be mad that he's changing his sound. But, no, that's really good. Um, like I said, Hammer is a great song, and uh, Sledgehammer is a, is a nice little follow-up, a nice little sequel. It hits a lot of the same notes and the same uh, cadence that you know I loved about Hammer. So, good track for sure. Uh, I don't know. I wish I knew if this was going to be like a continuation. Is he going to keep doing this kind of music now again, or is he going to go back and forth between this and the pop punk stuff? I guess we'll find out, right? I do follow him on uh, Instagram. I didn't see him post anything about that. But, alright, guys. Alright, folks. Guys, gals, everybody involved. It is almost go time. We are three minutes away from... Well, I'm sorry, now it's going to premiere in two minutes. The new MGK song featuring Willow called Emo Girl. It drops, uh, what was it, last Thursday or something like that? What's going on, Eddie, in the chat? Uh, it dropped last Thursday, I believe. And uh, now they're dropping the the official music video. And it premieres in 30 seconds, it says. Yeah, so, the, I mean, the lyrics, we'll, we'll talk about the song as it goes. But, uh, man, people are really, <clears throat> people are really hating this song a lot. All right, kids. Today we're going on a field trip. Fucking <laughs> yeah! love Travis Parker dressed as like some guy like I am a god. That's great. Travis Parker be a museum curator. She's got makeup by the mirror in her bedroom. Fishnets and some black boots. That is a lot of punk rock aesthetic. Perfume, half dead, but she still looks so cute. She is a monster in disguise, and she knows all the words to the trap songs. Takes pics with the cherry red lipstick. Says she only dates guys with the big. Definitely feels like a uh, kind of a jokingly Blink White Two style video. So far. She puts the eyeliner on her dark skin. She tells me lies, but she Willow's voice just sounds so good with this. It's so well.
guitar. He doesn't have that pink guitar anymore. I fell in love with an emo girl. I'm in love with an emo girl. I fell in love with an emo girl. All I want is an emo girl. I fell in love with an emo girl. That's the end of our field trip. <laughs> What'd you guys think? I love the Travis Barker cameo. I feel like Travis Barker, like he's always in all these videos, but he never gets any speaking roles. So that's pretty cool to see him see him talking. Um, that was a really cool video. I liked that a lot. Um, yeah, it was uh, there was it was heavy on the uh, the pop punk punk rock aesthetic, man. They. They went straight for it with all the spikes and studded belts and leather and all that shit. Um, cool, though. I mean, so here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if that really changed the perception of the, ly the lyrics very much because they didn't really do anything to the storyline of the emo... I feel like about the emo girl in that one. Um, but I don't really fully think that People are. are, are I, don't, I don't think the song is specifically about him falling in love with a current state emo girl. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But when I hear that song, what I think of is he fell in love, or Willow fell in love as well, with somebody who either was an emo girl or is still an emo girl at heart. Like, for instance, my wife uh, loved emo music in high school. She loved all that stuff growing up, pop punk and all that shit. So to me, I'm in love with an emo girl. Is my my wife doesn't walk around with you know the studded belt and the black hair across her eyes and Hawthorne Heights T-shirt and all this stuff. No, but I could say I, I fell in love with an emo girl, just like she could say she loves an emo boy because I loved emo music my whole life. I don't think I don't think putting an age on it is like really fair or necessary because like you can like emo music at any age and even if you loved it as you're a younger kid and you grew up and you still listen to it the old stuff as for nostalgia you could say i'm, I'm just an emo person at heart. i'm an emo boy at heart i'm an emo girl at heart i don't think he's literally saying i fell in love with an emo girl like at a show last night like i don't know and he, i it just feels like people are reading way too much into it and i don't like i'm not trying to like defend him or justify his lyrics or anything like that except for that point i feel like is a little weird i feel like it doesn't necessarily need that much criticism like it's not like he's he's saying he fell in love with a schoolgirl or something fucking weird like that you know he's saying an emo girl you know um had willow released a song called i fell in love with an emo boy would anyone you know bat an eye on that one probably not you know but um i don't know that's where that's where i stand on it yeah, on first take, like I said, I even posted about it. When I first heard this song, I posted about it and said, when I just heard the snippet, I said that the lyrics were a little cringy. You know, they were a little corny. It was super catchy as hell, but it was a little corny. And then when I heard the full song and like the full scope of the track and context, it felt less corny to me. It felt less cringy. It made a little bit more sense. And like, like I said, I made that connection with uh, Megan Fox in that song where you know, she did that movie Jennifer's Body where she plays like this, like half dead, like basically looks like an emo girl the whole movie. Uh, and also Gen Megan Fox likes that kind of music, so she might technically be an emo girl. So, oh, there, there you fucking go. <laughs> like, if we can get past that, though, if we can get past these lyrics, if we can get past that point and just look at the song itself, I think it's super catchy. Um, it rocks fucking hard. I'm just glad that he's still continuing to do this kind of music and bring this style of music into the forefront because, you know, it'd be a shame if he just went back completely going back to rap because, and just kind of abandoned this because I feel like it would hurt the genre as a whole, unfortunately. I mean, there's enough artists that have been brought up that it can obviously survive on its own without him. Like with the pop punk doesn't need MGK, but it doesn't hurt to have MGK is all I'm saying. Uh, I would love to see MGK bring up more artists though. That's a, Big problem I, I, I see with it with him as an artist that he doesn't bring people up. Um, he doesn't like you know you know pioneer the next next voice. I mean even Willow like he collabed with her, but you know 
she's Will Smith's daughter. <laughs> that's not really that's not really putting her on. Um, and he doesn't have to put anyone else on. He doesn't have to bring anyone up. But it would just be nice, you know, if if you know if MGK fucking put uh, I don't know neck deep on his next tour or something. Or actually, you know what would be really great if uh, MGK and Magnolia Park tour together. That'd be a fucking great collab. Um, I guess MGK did bring Jaden out on tour, but uh, then again, Jaden was on Travis Barker's record label, so is that really putting him on? I don't know. Again, he doesn't owe anybody anything. He doesn't fucking owe anybody. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to put on any new artists. But generally, that's what uh, that's what big established artists do is they do bring out their, their smaller talent that they they believe in. So I would like to see him do more of that um but i mean fuck me who who am i yeah <laughs> if he does he doesn't have to do anything if he doesn't want to that's just my my opinion um so yeah there you go there is everything uh everything wrapped up today uh those are all the songs we're gonna check out i gotta get out of here i got some stuff to do but uh yeah i appreciate you guys hanging out and chatting with me here uh thank you for uh tuning in over on tiktok and on twitch and if you're listening to the replay on spotify thanks for listening here Go ahead and find me at Jesse Lee on TikTok and Instagram and Twitch, YouTube. There's anywhere you can fucking find social media people. I'm there pretty much. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, like I said, I'm going to do this every week. That's the plan. I'm going to try to, you know, be consistent with this. And if you want to hear the, re- if you're watching this live and you want to hear the replay on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you get podcasts, you can do that this weekend. It should be up by then. Uh, otherwise I think we're all set but I do appreciate you guys talking hanging out with me and uh, I'll see you next week Uh, bye bye